Hello and welcome to episode 1 of the Dalek 6388 Propcast. I'm Gavin Rymill and I'm a professional writer and illustrator for various Doctor Who ranges, but I also co-write and edit the YouTube series called Terry Nation Army. As a companion to the YouTube channel, we are launching this podcast so we can chat a little bit about the ongoing research work, prove that the channel isn't dead, and provide a place for our patrons to interact, and we'll be answering questions from them this episode. I'll also be subjecting the team to a stupid Dalek quiz. So, let's meet the team. Our lineup this episode starts, of course, with the founder of Dalek 6388, John Green. Hello, John. Hello. And in the last year, John and I have been enjoying more and more input from a brilliant researcher and archivist, Reese Williams. Hello, Reese. Hello. And last but not least, Stephen Brennan, our newest edition, who's been recruited to take some of the burden of video editing. Hello, Stephen. Hello. I have known you on Twitter for many years, Stephen, and lately you've been tweeting your watching of Doctor Who in order, and you're currently up to Seeds of Death, which I think is brilliant. It is brilliant. I always forget just how visually interesting the Seeds of Death is. The combination of Michael Ferguson's direction and Dudley Simpson's bombastic music. I love it. Uh, it's one of the first stories I saw on VHS, and I have rewatched it regularly ever since. Same with me, actually. Other than The Five Doctors, it must be the thing I've probably seen the most, mm. because it was one of the only videos that was available to rent at our local shop. So I think I probably got it weekly for about six months. And Reese, uh, are you watching Doctor Who in order? I am, but it's taken me about four years so far to get up to the Ark in Space. I'm not very disciplined. I've actually watched the Ark in Space twice and the Omnibus version once in a row and not progressed <laughs> any further. Do you get confused? A little bit. Was that so you could compare and contrast the edits? That was part of it, and part of it was also trying to uh, assign recording dates to all the photos on the photo gallery and there's a bit of foil that moves from a control panel i can't figure out why it does that <laughs> so um that's put a stop to my marathon at the moment Stephen, you recently joined the team of dalek 6388 it was a couple of months ago now feels like an eternity of punishment <laughs> we brought you in in the hope of uh rapidly firing out several videos in a row in contrast to my sluggish one video every 18 months to two years. I'm just in awe, frankly, of the research that goes on. The, the one you're working on uh, is about the history of the Dr. Bernardo's props. And it was just great to sit down and see an episode of Terry Nation Army that I had never seen and come completely fresh to. I really enjoyed it, and I really enjoyed seeing it develop, seeing the uh, the rough edges get polished out. Pulling it to pieces. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's part of the process, and uh, you got to break it down, put it back together, see what fits better, and just do that over and over and over again for 18 months to two years until you're just <laughs> sick of it and you don't want to look at it ever again. True to form with all the videos we've done so far, I think pretty much something always crops up halfway through. Yeah. To add to it, which always complicates things, and that's happened two or three times. And it's happened uh, today, we were pondering a new piece of the puzzle thrown up by Alistair McGowan's Doctor Who magazine Chronicles. So have we missed something there, John? We have a slight query over um, the Boys and Girls exhibition that took place at Bingley Hall in Birmingham in 1965, which was the second of the two Boys and Girls events. We are not 100% sure which Dalek props appeared there. Had we assumed they were Bernardo's props? Or did we not know? Well, we don't really know. It just seemed likely because we know Bernardo's had a stand there. There's mention in the leaflet that they had Dalek models there, mm. whatever that might mean. We have several eyewitness accounts of Daleks being there. Some say they seem to be related to the film. Some say they're related to the TV. And Alison McGowan's piece seems to imply that it was the TV props that were there. But of course, a, a member of the public wouldn't be able to tell the difference between the TV props and the Bernardo's props. That's right, yeah. And obviously there's the fallibility of memory as well. 
So, Reese, you were looking at the dates uh, of filming and availability of the props. Is is it feasible they were BBC props? It's possible, but I think it's unlikely. It was a very busy time for the props because um, several of them were in use sporadically over the fortnight uh, that the Bingley Hall exhibition took place. Those BBC Daleks were being used for filming commitments on the chase, mm. and another Dalek had to be used in the Space Museum and had to be refurbished between that episode of the Space Museum and the episode two weeks later. So it's difficult to see how there could have been a consistent presence of BBC props at the exhibition without ferrying them back and forth between Mm. Birmingham and London, which would have been logistically challenging and probably an unnecessary expense and hassle in the eyes of the production team. It seems unlikely they were BBC Daleks and therefore it points the finger back at Bernardo's, so perhaps a piece of the Bernardo's jigsaw. That solves that one. Uh, What else are we looking at recently? The mystery of the Black Dalek? I was pondering, one of the Bernardo's Daleks becomes the Black Supreme, uh, and then gets left with the BBC because it gets repainted black. But in the original draft scripts, the Black Dalek only appears in episode five. Yeah. It was meant to be only black towards the end. Would this be a thing of, was the reason it was repainted so early on because it was badly damaged? So to clarify, what we're saying is that they had six silver props at the start of filming. Mm. One of them had to become the Black Dalek because Terry Nation had written in his scripts that there would be a Black Dalek running the mine later in the story. But David Whittaker brought it forward, where it was supposed to be seen towards the end of episode two, uh, just inside the Dalek saucer. So there's a couple of things we've been looking at. Um, Was it an arbitrary decision which casing was painted black? And if it wasn't arbitrary, what was the reason behind it? So as Stephen, you were just saying, was it to conceal the fact that Prop 2 was the most damaged of the Daleks that they had? If it was chosen to cover damage, looking at the paintwork, it, it, they didn't actually cover any of it at all. <laughs> it's, uh, the, the, the worst areas are still sort of plain as day. Uh, you can still see the bracket attaching the, the arm box, and, and obviously there's the um, block on the neck mm-hmm. ring, which is still clear. Okay, so assuming it's not arbitrary, what other reason would you say there was for choosing that particular prop to become black? Could it be because uh, it was one of the two that already had a black eyeball, and so it would have mm. uh, possibly looked better than the one with the silver eyeball? That'd be logical. No, that's probably not why, because nothing seems to follow logic <laughs> in this, uh, this situation. Good point. Uh, who was okay. the director again? <laughs> God. So then, on top of that weirdness, we've got the fact that the Black Dalek isn't all black in Episode 2. It's stripy, and that Dalek has become known as the Saucer Commander. Saucy Commander. (laughs) Saucy Commander. And one of the old ideas put forward was that it was only sort of half-painted, if you like, because they ran out of time. It's fairly delicately painted, really, when you look at the skirt section. Mm. Uh, it can't have been easy to, to get those lines particularly straight. I mean, if they were using masking tape or something like that. Um, so that being the case, where were these time constraints? Why why would it have been impossible or difficult to paint that Dalek all black when they when they needed to? Because it doesn't change during the episode. It changes between episodes two and three. From episode three onwards, it is fully black. But episode two the supposed Black Dalek is just stripy. So w- what is going on on the day of recording episode two that could explain that weirdness? Dalek 2, which was painted as the Supreme, arrived in studio as a regular silver Dalek, and it must have been painted during that studio session, which seems very unusual, a strange last-minute arrangement. Because there's rehearsal photos, aren't there? Do we know when the photos were taken? Photocalls would normally be in the afternoon, sort of around half three, four o'clock, I think. There are often mentions in camera scripts when they did have a photo call 
that would be the kind of time that they were specified. But this wasn't a BBC photo call. This was a press photographer from the London Evening Standard. So right. maybe at a different time, but it's likely the afternoon. Because that in itself is interesting, because that means they had a rehearsal in the morning with all the Daleks silver. They broke for lunch. They had a second rehearsal in the afternoon with all the Daleks silver again. And after two full run-throughs, it prompted them to think we should slightly change the colour of one of these props. <laughs> and whilst everyone had broken for tea or dinner, as some people might say... Rollins. They, yep, yeah, they painted it stripy. That's, that's really interesting because that's, that's a whole day of working with six silver props. The only um, explanation I can think of for leaving the prop apparently silver throughout rehearsals would be that if they perhaps wanted six silver Daleks in earlier scenes and then wanted to sort of reveal the supreme later on, they said, no, we won't paint it at all. And then between recording of this first scene and the scene when the Supreme first appears, we'll paint it in that break. And perhaps that was the intention. And they realised there was just not enough time to do it because it's too big a paint job. In the script direction, it does say six Daleks in that earlier scene mm. and no Supreme. Oh, that... Further, it says 6, uh, 6S, 6 shot. I found the first reference in the script to the Dalek Supreme. Um, and it's inside the saucer where they're being shuffled towards the prison cell. And Dalek 1 says, Halt, you will move one by one slowly into the prison cell. Recording pause. Uh, to paint the Dalek Supreme. Yes, that's it. You're absolutely right, because the next scene is the first scene with the Dalek Supreme, or it should have been. So the original plan was to open the episode with six silver Daleks, mm. have a recording pause, hastily repaint what they were calling the Black Dalek, but they were just going to make it stripy because it was faster. But then they realised they couldn't even do that in time. So they had to bring forward the painting session to before the recording even started, which meant they only had five Silver Daleks and the Supreme, so they thought they might as well bring the Supreme in early. They reassigned that Silver Daleks line that was saying, kill him. They gave that to the Supreme. Perfect. So that's nicely tied up part of what we've been debating this week, live during recording, or as live, if you like. <laughs> um, but there was this second piece of weirdness, which is how the Black Dalek was described, mm. or not, in the script. <laughs> the Dalek Supreme, mysterious blank line, stands in front of a scanner screen. Beside him are two other Daleks. So this is where... The Dalek Supreme is first referenced in the camera script, but there's no colour. Yes, there was there was no description of its appearance in the episode two script. And then in a later episode, it's referred to as the Black Dalek. But then you yes. discovered Andrew Pixley seemed to have information that I had not had access to. Yes, uh, in Andrew Pixley's... Uh, DWM archive feature on the story, he um, was discussing differences between the rehearsal script of episode two and the camera scripts, differences in lines, but also it makes reference to a description of the Dalek Supreme as a black Dalek. And then I went to the camera script, which is a derivation or rehashing of the rehearsal script, and we noticed that after it mentions the Dalek Supreme, there is a line blanked out, which we hypothesized had originally said a black Dalek. And for some reason, they blanked out black Daleks. So we got in touch with Andrew Pixley and true to form, because he's a gentleman, dug through his documents, found the rehearsal script. And sure enough, Andrew Pixley has now told us that on this same page in the rehearsal script that originally said the Dalek Supreme a black Dalek or an all-black Dalek. 
Yeah, it's all black Daleks, specifically. For reasons we cannot fathom, <laughs> they have blanked out the description of it being a black Dalek in episode two, mm. which is weird. In the camera script, Dalek closes in on them making Dalek Robo Craddock. What? What? Okay. Stand down. I thought. Oh, what a disappointment that was. I thought it said King Dalek, and it's a, it's not a K. It's an X, and I think it's a camera direction meaning crossing Dalek. Crossing Dalek. Oh yeah, very good. But I thought we had a reference to the King Dalek there. Oh, that would have been a, a live scoop and a half. I believe um, one plan for. Um, Distinguishing the Supreme in the Dalek's master plan was to give it a crown. And they thought of doing a medallion as well. Really? What? There is a photo of the Daleks on set in Planet of the Daleks. Oh, yeah. And the Supreme has a little crown on its dome. Mm. Do you want to play a stupid game, then? I'm going to read you a line of dialogue which is either said by a Dalek or not said by a Dalek. You get a point for correctly identifying whether or not it was said by a Dalek or a not a Dalek. And you get a bonus point if you can tell me, if it's a Dalek story, what story it was, and if it's not a Dalek, who actually said it. I understand. Is that a Dalek quote? No, that's Robots of Death. I... I... <laughs> I understand. <laughs> it's uh, SB7 says it, isn't it? Giving him his um, jab. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we're uh, all going to turn into. Robots of What I'm going to do is, if they're a Dalek uh, quote, I'm not going to do them in a Dalek voice. Because uh, I thought that might make it too obvious. Right. So You can do that for me if you like, though. Quote number one, Reese, is this a Dalek or not a Dalek? That is the question. I shall order Daleks to detain him. Did Dalek say that or did a not a Dalek say that? Not a Dalek. I don't recall the line. Can I, can I buzz in? I think it is said by a Dalek. And what Dalek do you think it is? A white one in Revelation of the Daleks. I think you're right. I couldn't tell you which which code we've given it off the top of my head. Do I lose, do I lose points again for that? Stephen, yeah. your quote is, the council wishes to question the prisoners. I know this one. It is said by a Dalek, and it's said in the dead planets. Because, because... Oh, oh, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. I know what you mean. It's Ian inside the Dalek. That council wishes to question the prisoners. And that's Ian assuming that the Daleks have a council, because as far as he's concerned, he doesn't know if they have a council yet or not. <laughs> that's how I know that. That would have been brilliant if the Dalek had just gone, we, we don't have a council. <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about? This is an intruder right here. Brilliant. Yes, that was Ian. I'm going to give you a point. John, we do not trust you. Sorry, that's just Stephen and <laughs> Reese and I had a meeting. Um, it's short and hard. No, I, I don't know. That doesn't ring a bell at all. Let's say isn't a Dalek. I'm sure it's um, the Dal a Dalek saying something to the Doctor, like he is cooperating with them and they're saying we do not trust you what are oh, you doing maybe it's evil of the daleks but yeah, I'm oh, not sure I was going to say that yeah you just got there oh. well done nicely stolen so this is now your quote reese mm. remove the traitor's carcass <laughs> again i don't recognize it no not a dalek I'm buzzing in, and I'm going to say yes, a Dalek, and it's Dalek's master plan. Oh, I'm afraid Reese was right. Oh. It's not a Dalek. <gasps> mm, that's the Warlord from the War Games. Oh, I can hear him. Yeah, carcass. <laughs> what do they say when uh, they exterminated Zephon? 
Is that what you were thinking, Stephen? Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Stephen? Yeah? All perimeter bores are complete. Oh, no, that's a tricky one. Bores. Got three bores here. (laughs) (laughs) If it is a Dalek, it'll be from Destiny. I'm going to say that. Uh, No, I'm going to say no, it's not a Dalek. You are right, it is not a Dalek. Oh, oh, Dominator, it's the Dominator. It's the Dominator, isn't it? Nicely done. (laughs) John, your quote is, No, you are being moved. Pick up your cover, follow. Do not be afraid. Oh God! I do not. I do not recognise that at all. No. When can we buzz in? When the life has drained from his eyes. Feel when free. It's Evil of the Daleks, which apparently is the only Dalek story I know anything about. <laughs> um, and it's when they're moving Victoria from one location to another. That is correct. Oh. Reese, it is vital you complete your researches as soon as possible. I'm going to go with not a Dalek. Does anyone else have anything to say on this matter? I feel like if it is a Dalek, it'll be evil of the Daleks. Because that's all about experiments, isn't it? Is it resurrection of the Daleks? Are you asking me or telling me? I'm telling you. It is resurrection (laughs) of the Daleks. Stephen? Yeah? Uh... You will remain on this planet and die with it. Oh, no, that is familiar. But I can't place us. I'm going to say not a Dalek. I'm going to say not a Dalek. Because you are right, it is not a Dalek. Yes! <laughs> but what is it? Oh, oh, it's the Dominators again, isn't it? You're right. <laughs> John, it is simply that is forbidden. Um... It sounds very familiar again. I'm going to say it is a Dalek. You are right. And is it from Dalek Invasion of Earth? It is not. It was another resurrection of the Daleks. Reese, Galactic Sector 973, then we will get the homing signal. I think I know this one too. No, I don't know. Um, maybe it's some of that stuff in Master Plan where they're tracking the spar or something. That'd be my guess. So you're saying a Dalek? Yes. I'm afraid you're incorrect. No, it was the Warlord again from the War Games. They were mad on homing signals in the 60s, weren't they? Stephen, we are about to enter hyperdrive and return to our base. I'm going to say it's not a Dalek, but that could be any story. It's not Marco Polo. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it's a fair point. <clears throat> might, might be the gunfighters. <laughs> it would be no worse as a historical record if it had hyperspace in it. Hey, you're one to talk. In your quiz about gunfighters' historical accuracy, you kept calling Pa Clanton, Pa Clanton, and not Old Man Clanton, as he is historically known. <laughs> we should have a gunfighters' <laughs> quiz quiz. <laughs> yeah. I was supposed to be on the uh, Something Who podcast, which has just been on. And uh, they covered Tooth and Claw and uh, Great Show in the Galaxy. For reasons beyond my control, I couldn't attend this podcast recording. And they let slide all of the (laughs) plot nonsense, (laughs) the garbage about the diamond and the royal jewellers and Prince Albert (laughs) being obsessed with recutting it. It was the most frustrating podcast to listen to. Because because you weren't on it. (laughs) I was screaming at my pod in frustration. I don't know if you saw or not, but I suggested a Something Who episode to Richard the other day. Hmm. Uh, And it was the 10th planet versus Kill the Moon. Because they both have <laughs> celestial bodies that threaten the Earth. And they both crack open like an egg at yeah. the end. Yeah, we don't get to see that because of the missing nature of episode four, but there probably was a dragon. <laughs> God, I wish Kill the Moon was missing. <laughs> uh, so you, you're saying not a Dalek, Stephen? I can't even remember what the quote was. It was something about hyperspace. Well, yeah. I, yeah, I'm going to say not a dialect because... I'm afraid. 
you are wrong. I've got a guess, um, but I don't think it's right. But I would guess anyway. Is it from the new series? It is not from the new series. In that case, I won't have a guess. <laughs> uh, it was from Frontier in Space. Oh, of course. So, is this John? John. Yeah. Come on, John. Bambi. Give us an easy one. You must cooperate. You must lie down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. That's sinister. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Is that an instruction? I can't place it. But I'm going to say it is a Dalek. Then I am going to say you are right. Possibly Evil of the Daleks again. It is not Evil of the Daleks. That was Resurrection of the Daleks again. <laughs> <laughs> Reese, Were these the only stories you had available from your bath? <laughs> the war games. Evil of the Daleks, the Dominators, Dominators and Resurrection of... Silence! You deliberately disobeyed my order. For a moment, I thought it might have been the um, a Dalek talking to the human factor Daleks in Evil of the Daleks, but I don't think it is. I don't know. Not a Dalek. You are right. I'm going to buzz in and I'm going to take a wild stab and say it's the war games again. <laughs> I'm afraid you are incorrect. Must be the Dominators then. It was the Dominators. <laughs> it was Rago from the Dominators. <laughs> Stephen, the responsibility was yours. You have failed. It sounds like a Dalek talking to Mavic Chen, but is that the obvious answer where they don't actually say that? I'm resisting the urge to say the war games again. <laughs> might be the Dominators. <laughs> it might, I don't think it's the Dominators. Oh, God. It, uh, I'm going to say it's a Dalek talking to Mavic Chen. It is a Dalek. It's not talking to Mavic Chen. Ah. I don't know what that means to the scores on the Doors on the board on my pad. Start again. Could it, could it be from Planet of the Daleks? It Did you actually is. manage to watch another story? <laughs> <laughs> well done. It's, is it the Dalek Supreme? It is. You Without don't get another crown. point for that. But no crown. No crown. <laughs> John, uh, you've not eaten. Um, you'll eat. Yeah, that sounds like Evil of the Daleks again. And it is a Dalek. It is, and it is. I think we all knew that right away. So that's the end of the quiz. Thank you, Gav. That um, that spent some of our time. Did I win? The audience wins. The real winner was fun. Stephen, you got four points. Reese, you got five points. I think that's incorrect. <laughs> and John Green, hater of quizzes, got six points. Whoa. Wow. I've well, done it now, John. haven't I? I'm, I mean, I'm not going to live this down now. <laughs> uh, we have some questions from our beautiful, generous, and gorgeous patrons. From someone in red, who mentions that they love the videos and wants Very us nice to keep one. them up. So Thank I think you. we ought to perhaps, perhaps keep, keep some up in yeah. the future. Well, at least they're seeing some. They're seeing some rough drafts. So, what was your favourite uh, video stroke topic that you have researched so far? Personally, I'm always most excited by the thing I'm looking at at that given moment. And currently, I'm super excited about space stations. And I've been researching the wheel in space. Every how... wheel in space. Every wheel in <laughs> Every <laughs> single wheel in space. Yeah. How many rotations per minute you need for any given size <laughs> space station to generate one Earth gravity at its rim. And it's been really interesting. And it's taught me a lot of stuff. It's gold. It's, uh, it's excellent. Really, really interesting. Like yourself, I do like the one that, we, that we're doing at the time. I do remember doing a second movie stuff. It was very enjoyable. Yeah. Not only for the video, when we did it for the website initially. Mm. Even though there was hours and hours of staring at <laughs> one scene in particular, which was the, the street 
mm. blockade scene, which took literally weeks. Um, it was still quite enjoyable. That always sticks in my mind, that one. Yeah. Probably because it just hasn't left me yet because I was staring at it for some yeah. And most of the time when people mention our videos to me, the Dalek Invasion of Earth video is the one that people always mention. That seems to be the one that sticks with people. And given that it has two or three times the views of all the others, with the exception of the Remembrance one. But the Remembrance one feels like a bit of a cheat because it's handed to us on a plate. The research that went into the Dalek Invasion one, I think, really shows. Yeah, I think it, it, really it, like it. it came to life when, when uh, you put it together as a video. On the website, it reads well, and it's very interesting, but uh, your visuals put to it is probably gives it that um, polish. <laughs> from to, from Terry Nation's script to uh, Ray Cusick's <laughs> polish. That's, that's, uh... Thank you. Do I get a, an ex gratia payment of £50? Yeah, and you've got to be miserable for the rest <laughs> of your existence. I can do that. Was he miserable before the Daleks? What was he like? <laughs> I'm very curious. <laughs> there's a there's a newspaper report from 1964, I think, and the headline is "Everybody's made money from the Daleks except the man who designed them." <laughs> so he, even then, he was complaining about the fact he wasn't making any money. Oh, was he talking about Jeremy Davis though? <laughs> <laughs> He was like, my mate Jeremy Davies, he's not even going to be recognised for his design input for 40 or 50 years. Do you think we ought to ask Reese and Stephen what their research favourite bit is? Well, we've only really been working on the one video. Well, um, yeah. It, is that your favourite? No, I hate it. <laughs> it's taking far too long. It's consuming some of my valuable youth. And um, I don't think it's ever going to be finished. No, it's it's been extremely interesting seeing this amazing research that John Chiefley has compiled and put together. Who's John Chiefley? I thought he was our boss. <laughs> Is he like the overlord that we never see? And you've got John Chiefley at the top, <laughs> and then John Green, and then John Amber and John Red at the bottom. God damn it, they'd be the other way up. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> Yeah, so working with Mr. Chiefly on this video has been <laughs> a privilege, uh, seeing all the great work that he has done and put together, and essentially being able to be at the forefront of this research, because we're constantly finding new things and you know challenging what conclusions have already been reached. And we've covered an awful lot of ground in the making of this one video, so... It'd be interesting to see what we what we can do when we finish it off. Well, likewise, I've only been working on the Bernardo's video as well, and I completely agree with everything Risa said. It's been amazing, particularly some of the pictures that have come out of family photo albums, and we'll get more and more photos and things. One, what we're really looking forward to getting people's reaction to some of the pictures that we've dug up, mm. because oh. uh, I mean, obviously, there's lots of videos that we've done covering stuff that everyone's seen before but this one really has got lots of new images mm. okay shall we go into question two which is an interesting one this one's from Stephen ward uh, thoughts on the dalek props used in looney tunes back in action obviously not exact replicas but they are pretty good made for the film or did they borrow a fan build i've not seen the film but i've seen plenty of pictures from it and they are pretty good replicas Unfortunately, because they aren't Doctor Who related, as in the TV series or the films, or connected to Shawcraft, it's not something I've had a great deal of interest in, and so I've not really looked any more into it. Um, but as far as I was aware, I thought they were built for the film. Basically, the idea was that it was this Area 51 type place that had all these different aliens from pop culture. So you have, like, Robbie the Robot, and you have the robot from Forbidden Planet and stuff like that, and all these different, you know, aliens and things. And there were two Daleks there. And they got released, and then the Looney Tunes escape. Spoiler alert! <laughs> I think, uh, possibly, I have heard as well, they didn't get permission to use those as well. Mm. Isn't that the supposed reason why Terry Nation's estate was so difficult with uh, Russell T. Davis's... Uh, bringing back the Daleks in 2005. Yeah, if, if if they use exclusively the design component, how much claim does Terry Nation have to that 
you know, is it as a product of his inspiration, you know, does he have some right to it inherently? Like in Shakedown with the Sontarans, am I right in saying they didn't use the original Sontaran designs so that they didn't have... They didn't have permission to use the original Sontaran designs, so they had to redesign them. Yeah, so they didn't have to pay the BBC because the BBC owned the designs, but as long as they paid the estate of Robert Holmes for the concept, they could write a script with that story concept in. It seems to be one, one first movie Dalek and one second movie Dalek. Is it deliberate that they are movie Daleks? I wonder if they thought, we'll speak to Studio Canal, we'll not speak to Terry Nation, we'll not speak to the BBC, we'll just do movie Daleks. Studio Canal have the rights to do movie Daleks. Pupils, though. Yes, pupils. <laughs> yeah. The criterion is that if it's appeared in the Doctor Who TV series, then if you've got the license for the TV series, then you can produce a toy from the TV series, even if it happens to be a movie designed Dalek. Mm. But then when they released the Dalek Invasion of Earth, they used the photograph of the Dalek Supreme from Planet of the Daleks. And they used the photograph of Christopher Eccleston's TARDIS police box in their DVD menus. Anyway, what was the question, John? It was about the Looney Tunes. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I think we've I think thoroughly we that answered one. that. Is there another question? Hi, right, there is. This one is from William Squires. Uh, which shots of remembrance do the Shawcraft models appear in? I always look out for them, but never managed to convince myself fully that it wasn't just a necross from a different angle. Also, what do you think of the new Paradigm Daleks and the other new series Daleks in general? The shots that I can think of would be the in the street just before the special weapons Dalek fires its first volley at the uh, at the Grey Daleks. There are two passing along the street one of which is one of the 60s props and one of which is one of the Necros props. And uh, you can tell them distinctly apart by the uh, the angle of the skirt on the 60s prop, which is pointier. The other shot would be Dalek 1-7, which appears very briefly in studio in the yard office. Basically comes in, turns around and goes back out again. He'd forgotten something. Oh, I shouldn't be in this story. <laughs> <laughs> It's the other 60s Dalek, which is the top of Dalek 7, I believe, and the skirt of Goon 2 can be seen at the back of the Daleks that are surrounding the Hand of Omega, also in the yard. The new paradigms uh, I can't stand. <laughs> I hated them when I first saw them and still do today. I think they were a big mistake. Most people tend to think it's the, it's the hunchback on them is the worst bit. M- my least favourite bit is the size of the gun. It's just too big, it's too lumpy, it just looks wrong. It's not sleek, like the front of a, of a proper Dalek. The bronze Daleks, I, I love the design of. Not so keen on the colour. I think it needed some accent colours with it as well. It's a bit uh, it's a bit one-dimensional in the colour it is, although I, I do love the design of it. I, I like the drones in the sense that they weren't in it very long, and hopefully won't be again. But I think they were a good idea. It works fine. Yeah. I don't. I haven't got a problem with it at all, but I would not want them to replace what we currently know as a Dalek. Mm. Put it that way. I think the Recon Scout. I really like their designs. Although I agree, they I wouldn't like them to replace Daleks properly. But I really like their designs. I particularly liked that they kind of captured that idea of a Dalek isn't supposed to look like it has a human inside, and I really liked that these literally don't have humans inside because they're small and compact. Although in the wrong places, arguably. The drones, which, they're a bit too... There's a bit too much going on, which I think is a problem I have with a lot of the new series Daleks. Overdesigned. Yeah. I like the Paradigm Daleks, but not as Daleks. I think they look nice on their own, but in the context of being Daleks, I don't like them. Bronze Daleks, I think, just need to be repainted. They need to be different colours. Like, I was watching the reimagined Power of the Daleks with Nick Scoville last mm. night and all the Daleks that are bronze Daleks, but they're silver and blue. And they're gorgeous. Mm. Yeah. By this point in the classic series, we'd be at Destiny of the Daleks. <laughs> and you've got all these different colour schemes and all these different yeah. stories, and, but the shape is still roughly the same. Mm. So, you know, you could do that with the new series Daleks and nobody would complain. And the... Uh... 3D artwork from James Johnson on Twitter is yeah. making me wish that they 
tweak just tweak things slightly just freshen up the design it just makes a huge difference i remember the excitement that we felt when we were getting an all black dalek dalek set yeah in 2006 and uh that was that was just such huge <laughs> news and then we, we haven't had a bronze repaint since properly Reese, do you care about dalek types i don't even like daleks no Personally, I find every step away from the original proportions to be less pleasing, less satisfying. And I think the the method of producing the, the new series Daleks, the bronze one, based off of um, an original style Dalek, served them very well. And to me, at least, that's why the more recent redesigns haven't been steps in the right direction, because they're moving away from the solid design that has served most of the Dalek props throughout the show's history. Mm. And so I think that might be an interesting, well, uh, a good way to tackle a redesign is by doing something like that, but focusing on the the details. Mm. And, you know, because there, there is lots different they could do with it. I don't think the bronze Daleks are perfect. There's a lot, lot of... Um, little aspects in which they seem a bit dated now, but I don't necessarily think just painting them differently is, you know, enough. You can do more with them whilst retaining the core solid proportions. They could even put um, some sort of satellite dish on the back. I wonder if that's <laughs> from Thor. And a sash and a crown. <laughs> okay. Uh, moving on, uh, John Parrot. Is he related to John Chiefly? <laughs> <laughs> right. <I don't> know. <laughs> so, um, to our next question is from John Parrot. Um, I heard a Dalek appeared on Candid Camera as a voice activated robot in the 1960s. Did this happen? I have never seen a clip. And I do recall doing a very quick bit of research into it to see whether I could find anything on it. And, and I've never turned anything up. There is a post on the Missing Episodes forum where somebody says, uh, Candid Camera, an old 60s TV USA show that they recall watching in Australia, and they used a Dalek for a camera stunt. And they don't recall whether it was done in the UK or USA. So someone else says, um, whilst watching old Candid Camera reruns, I saw a segment on the show where they'd have people come in to work with a robot servant that was supposedly under their control, only, only for the robot to start making weird sounds and start messing with them. Funny thing was, the robot servant was actually a Dalek prop, and nobody on the show seemed to have anything to say about that. Based on the quality of the footage, I'm pretty sure it was from either the 70s or the 80s. Um, interesting. One of those things, really, without the clip cropping up, we may not know. You can answer the next question while I go to the loo. Oh, I was going to aim this one at you. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's already gone now. <laughs> Hello. What's happening? What did I miss? We wondered if you were dead. Were you falling oh. down the stairs? No, I made a cup of tea as well. I've got rich tea biscuits. They have no structural integrity whatsoever. <laughs> uh, they don't even withstand like a, a full second's dunking. Or you just lose them <laughs> in the bottom of the cup. You're not supposed to dunk them. But they've got tea in the title. So what? That it's... You don't dip your bourbons in your whiskey, do you? Yeah. Well, fair enough. What questions have we had? Where is Gav? Where is he? Is he still not back yet? Why is he taking so long? Do you think he's okay? Right. Well, we have one more, which is... Um, I think he's more aimed at you anyway, really. Me? Or, yes, probably falls more into your area. Some biscuits. There is absolutely no way anyone is listening to the end of this podcast, so we can leave all this in. <laughs> this could be a ASMR 
podcast, a biscuit podcast. Okay, we have one final question from Connor Clark. Mm. Actually, we have two final questions from Connor Clark. Have you ever considered covering some of Terry Nation's other contributions to the Doctor Who universe, such as the board? The look we got at the Mechanoids was great. I'd love more on some of his forgotten races. Uh, I'd ask about other races in the show, such as the Cybermen, but I expect that might fall into a bit of a scope creep for the Terry Nation army. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, if you, yeah, doing a Cyberman episode would be, yeah, that's that's something that's never going to happen. Oh dear, yeah. I may have had a, I may have had a slight <laughs> scope creep. What do you say to that? Um, yes, I am interested in other things. I I think we could get six or seven videos out of the wheel in space. <laughs> I've always wanted to do a video about the Ealing Cybermen costumes so that was always kind of at the back of my mind for a little extra video and when I started doing that I then got sidetracked with the model work um and then Reese very mm. kindly pointed out don't blame me don't, don't <laughs> drag me into this mire no it is your fault because you identified the source of the wheel in space model which wasn't built for Doctor Who so that then led me to scrutinizing why there was another wheel in space model, why that was in the zeitgeist at the time. Uh, that then led me to researching when wheel-shaped space stations emerged and every occurrence of them during the 50s and 60s. But also, I, I know I do want to do a, a proper episode on the Cybermen costumes. I do genuinely want to do an episode on the shooting of the servo robot scenes reason i were picking it apart because it's it's flipping backwards and forwards between videotaping and filmed inserts depending on the needs of any given shot and most of it i think we decided was very logical but i still think there's one or two bits i uh, it just surprises me they didn't pick up on film just to save switching back to the studio <laughs> I so wish everyone could have seen possibly the best moment of this evening. My floppy biscuit went everywhere. You've got no structural integrity, these fingers. <laughs> Your fingers or the biscuits? No, my fingers. <laughs> they just can't hold on to things. I think it's arthritis. God damn it. I made a mess of my surfer anyway. <laughs> But I think with the servo robot, the majority of its scenes have some sort of special effect component. And given that it would have to be in the studio to appear with Troughton and Hines for their scenes, they weren't available for filming, um, it makes sense to maximise um, its studio use, I suppose. So to use it in as little filming as possible but a lot of the scenes it was involved with had those special effects demands <laughs> I think the upshot of all of that is really that there really isn't a subject I don't think we wouldn't cover really as long mm. as we could get something interesting enough out of it Yeah, to me that's what the Terranation Army brand of videos is it's that intense, meticulous, detailed research and presentation rather than necessarily Daleks. Yes, it's possibly the worst title for a YouTube serial <laughs> that we could have come up with, really, because it's uh, limiting our scope. Okay, so Connor's second question. Favourite design for the Daleks? Question mark. Personally, I think uh, the look introduced in the chase is the absolute best and the design of all future designs should try to build off. I like the chase and I like Death to the Daleks. I've always liked that silver and black. The, the counter shading on the shoulders being different to the normal style. Although, I, you know, I'm very, very fond of the Remembrance Imperials from my childhood. They were the first Daleks I saw on broadcast, and I still think they look amazing, although they are kind of objectively weird. 
to have a golden cream garlic <laughs> battle machine is a bit odd. It's it's actually blue and black. <laughs> Nobody knows. They're still researching it. Would you do a video about that? My my favourites have always been Genesis props because they were sort of my first as well. I love that military look to them, even more so than the grey of planet and day, which was sort of metallic. I prefer that sort of more battleshipy colour. I think it wor- works really well. Makes them look like tanks. Generally, I'd say I like any design that doesn't have a pupil. <laughs> I loathe the pupil. I think it's awful. Although I like the moving iris. That looks good, but I don't, I'm not a fan of the static pupil. I do think the original design is, is the one that I like the most. And for some reason, I particularly like the Curse of the Daleks props. Those oh, are yeah. beautiful. My favourite is the Supreme from Masterplan. Specifically from Masterplan, because I feel like the one in the chase... It looks like it's painted with blackboard paint. Like, mm. it looks like a blackboard. I think the original Dead Planet ones are phenomenal, and the Chase Onwards ones are gorgeous as well. Of course, all 60s Daleks would look better if they had a pupil. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what the animation's going to do, because there are Daleks with pupils in the animation. The myth always was that the human Daleks had the pupil, but that's demonstrably not true. In the telesnaps, because you can match up the telesnaps to shots where normal Daleks are talking mm-hmm. and they've got the pupils. Yeah. I think Rob and I had a conversation about whether or not that was a, a viable option to 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 give the human Daleks the pupil after all. Mm-hmm. But then that wouldn't make sense because there's a whole plot point about the misdirect mm-hmm. of normal Daleks masquerading as human Daleks. So if they had a physical identifier, then that then that subterfuge mm-hmm. goes out the window because the doctor would go, Okay, well you've got the You've got the symbol on your skirt, but you you haven't got the pupil that all my Daleks have got, so I'm just push you over the cliff. I'm pretty sure that at least one of the human factor Daleks has no pupil in Tally Snaps of those scenes. Yeah. Well, that was our final question for this time. And if you are one of our lovely patrons, please feel free to drop us a message there, and uh, we'll try and answer some more questions next time too. Right, that's about it then. If you want some more Doctor Who discussion, you can catch me as a regular guest on the Something Who podcast, which is a really fun show and I make lots of brilliant points. Please go and take a look at Stephen's YouTube channel, which will be linked in the description box, and look out for Doctor Who magazine 569, which is out on the 16th, and that will have a piece co-written by Reese with Simon Gurrier and illustrated by me, in which we'll be breaking down the studio sets of the Macro Terror episode one. So all that remains is for me to say goodbye, John Green. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye to Reese Williams. Goodbye. Goodbye. And goodbye, Stephen. Goodbye. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. Bye. Cool beans. Cool beans. <laughs>